0: Horror-horror-horror-movie?
1: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> Let's make our movie? Oh, I,
1: wonder, I wonder what will would be like then. Brains in jars, I'm gonna guess.
0: We're a long way for God knows, son.
1: Slowly Coming wh- out of his mouth. Crawling out yeah, of his that's mouth, his cool. skin. No.
0: So he doesn't save them, the bridge goes down, people die. And he's like, oh well, job done. Clarence. Can yeah. we
1: try Take-Two again? All
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying is maybe don't trust sentient hats to make life-changing decisions. But. <laughs>
1: Thanks for your correspondence, j
0: <laughs> Welcome to Let's Make a Horror
1: Movie Podcast. Hello, I'm John.
0: And I'm Dave.
1: And who was that on the mic?
0: That One of a was... friend of yours, I think. Yeah, they call him Jamestown.
1: Oh, wow.
0: He just goes by that single name, like Cher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: He was quite a kind of enigmatic man.
0: To be honest, he introduced himself to me. And I was just, I thought he knew you. I thought he was here. This is a whole Robert Durst thing. Again, yeah, can
1: you thought of a man called James Dan. John knows him. John
0: knows him. He's brought him. Yeah. It's probably some sort of weird thing where you've bet him to change his name. <laughs> or
1: Well, I saw somebody Scottish. I thought, well, Dave knows him. Could have him mm-hmm. around.
0: There you go. We get a lot of lurkers around here. We do get a lot, lot of lurkers. Of lurkers. Yeah, we do, and they like somehow get on the podcast. Yeah. So well, it's
1: weird because you're signed by fields.
0: I like to. Think, well, that's true. Yeah. So well, I think that adds to the. That's what makes them so credible to me. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, well, where have they come from? They must yeah. be here with John. And you're thinking they it, must be yeah. here because they, of course. So I, we're both. This is next time. I will tell you what we'll do next yeah. time is we'll, we'll just have a little quick tete a tete. Yeah. Before we start just to double
1: check them. Yeah,
0: just to make sure. Because Tony in the yeah. booth, like,
1: no idea what's going he on.
0: doesn't know. No. Half the time he doesn't know. He had no idea about yeah. Robert Durst. Um, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't know who he was. No, exactly. And that's how we lost yeah. Susan. But look, we're getting, <laughs> we're getting way into the weeds well, we here. We can't put
1: that on Tony, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to get into it. It's no. It's nobody's fault. <laughs> it's nobody's fault. Tony, it's not your fault. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Anyway, look, welcome to Let's Make a Horror Movie yeah. Podcast. This is the fortnightly yeah. podcast where normally one of us would write a pitch and pitch it to the other and person. And
1: it's my turn I've got a pitch. I can't see anything that's yeah. Going to well, different Yeah, well,
0: do you know what? Today is different because instead of Let's Make in a horror movie, we're going to yeah. talk to people who basically should be doing a We've Made a Horror Movie wow. Podcast.
1: That's exciting. It's pretty exciting, isn't it's it? Very it's very exciting. It's pretty exciting. So what do we do with this pitch?
0: I think just bin it, mate. Oh, just fucking... Bin it. What, what, what's it called?
1: Robocop 5. Robocop. Oh,
0: well, no. Don't bin that. All right, <laughs> okay. save that. We'll do that next We've episode. We've been working here for six months, mate. Well, mate, it sounds awesome. Anyway, look, we're getting, we're getting into the weeds. So, um, yeah,
1: Robocop 5 is
0: binned. Um, what 5? are we doing instead? Robocop 5 is not binned, drawing us on pause. Again, we're getting off topic. <laughs> the, the, so, look, the, the, the important thing is here we are in episode 26 yeah. of Let's Make a What it are we doing? Movie. We are... Gonna actually have an interview last episode, as you probably recall. I do recall. In the second act, we talked a bit about the film Apartment 1BR.
1: Yep, fantastic film. It got our um, much coveted 10 out of 10 score.
0: And also, your film of the week.
1: And you know what? It still is.
0: Still is. Yeah, here and here we are, weeks later. Oh, yeah. But anyway, look, in the interim, between that episode <laughs> and now, we actually interviewed yep. two legends yeah. from that movie malevolent films LLC producer Alok Mishra who produced apartment 1BR or 1BR in the US and Naomi or Naomi Grossman yeah I think throughout I pronounce it Naomi and I don't know why I'm doing that
2: but I yeah. pressure
0: myself a lot in, it's a little quirk, isn't it? in the time since yeah, yeah it's been on my mind a bit I'm not gonna <laughs> do it. it's been on my mind and no matter how many times I go, it's Naomi, not Naomi. Nobody, it, nobody mentioned it. it. No, nobody mentioned it. Everyone's far too polite. But the, it troubles my own <laughs> sense of self, John. Because <laughs> deep down, I can't even force myself. doesn't matter yeah. how it's spelled. It's NA. Yeah. Simple as that, NA. And I it's go, nice.
1: I think it passed without incidental comment.
0: So I'm going to heavily edit this so I can correctly say Naomi Grossman. Yep,
1: who's the Emmy-nominated actress who's in Apartment 1BR and also of American Horror Story. Three seasons. Three seasons, I yeah. I think interview. you
0: do. I think you get absolutely right Yeah, I think I it. Um, spot on. You'll mm-hmm. see, everyone will hear. But yeah, so no, they, they, they were an absolute pleasure to talk to and very yeah. generous to give us their time. We did a bit of digging behind the scenes. We get a bit of a view of like the horror stories that come around yeah. trying to even make a horror movie or any movie, yeah. I should think. Um, really exciting but also you know cuz we're called let's make a horror movie podcast we want to know how we make a horror movie and they give us a lot of info on that they too they really do yeah, so. yeah
1: they do give a lot of really sound advice i think they really do kind of cover a lot of stuff in that
0: spoilers ahead
1: yes watch the movie listen to the show you've heard me say film of the week you've already bought it mm. obviously why are you You can
0: rent it? it you can rent it on amazon nah buy it mate well you buy it as well yeah absolutely <laughs> buy it, buy it. Buy it twice yeah. I guess
1: yeah definitely one feature of the family <laughs> it's, it is it is genuinely a very good movie
0: so anyway look sit back enjoy listen tell us what you think write in go to let's make a horror you can reach us at let's make a horror at gmail.com or you can tweet us at lmahm pod and we're on Instagram too yeah. so do that but also sit back listen to this and watch uh, apartment one BR. yeah enjoy Hey! hey. Are. How you doing? <laughs> good, good yeah. to meet you. I'm Dave. I'm John. This is Let's Make a Horror hey, Movie Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> person as opposed to hearing your voices. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> I know. We make a special effort to retain a sense of anonymity just in yeah. case, you know?
3: Well, you might as well. I feel yeah. like, you know, uh, in this day and age, you can't be too safe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: the, yeah. end of, the end of the world coming and all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> it's just around the corner, I think. You're better off than we are, I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're both we're both kind of eating a shit sandwich, you know? It's just different kinds of shit in it, yeah. I think.
3: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> all variations of shit. Like, we were hoping to be uh, filming a movie right now, which unfortunately is not happening because of it uh, costing like 30% more to shoot a movie in this day and age where you have to have all these sort of, like, specifications. Oh, so. Okay.
1: Anyway, are they still open with everything there, though? The pubs and everything? Yeah. You can get drunk. You still can't see anybody old, but you can get drunk. So that's really all you can do in this country right now. Drunken shop. At least you can do that.
2: Hi there. Sorry. Hey. (laughs) Hello. It will never get rid of me.
0: Great. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. (laughs) Well, look, thanks, guys. Really appreciate you guys joining and being willing to speak to us. So thank you very much. Oh, your show is fantastic. It's really funny. You guys are very good.
1: Oh, thank <laughs> you. Oh, oh, stop it.
0: <laughs> okay. I'll
2: talk to a brick wall, so...
0: Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Nice. Well, we'll, we'll try Sometimes and get it.
2: Sometimes I do. <laughs> <laughs> Quarantine life.
0: Anyway, look. Well, let's crack in then, I guess, because yeah. there's so much to cover. Uh. <laughs> Today we've got Alok Mishra on the show, co-founder of Malevolent Films LLC and producer of 1BR, the fantastic horror movie, and Naomi Grossman, one of the fantastic stars of said amazing horror movie and innumerable other awesome yeah, yeah. shows, horrors.
1: Two seasons of American Horror Story, if I'm correct on that.
2: Three, actually, but Three. two is uh, Pepper.
0: Of course, yeah, yeah. Nice, we try and intentionally make mistakes like that. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's part of our stick. Yeah, it gives a bit of spice. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, so thanks, guys, for joining us. We both watched the film. Obviously, I mean, it yeah. really is great. The performances are incredible. The story is fantastic. It's really tense and satisfying. Without wanting to gush, like it's a really great piece yeah, of work.
1: Yeah, yeah, well done, guys.
3: Thank you so much. It's uh, it's definitely very much because of our amazing writer director David Marmer that this all kind of came to be. You know, he uh, had only done a couple of shorts beforehand and. The reason I met him was because uh, my wife just happened to go to high school with his manager, who is uh, named Ballard Cantor, and his partner Don Murray have a, a management company called Epicenter. They're also actually producers on the film, which was uh, part of the you know pound of flesh they took for putting <laughs> yeah. the deal together in that regard. Yeah. But I. I I had lunch with Allard, like you do in Los Angeles, one of those lunches where, oh, I'm in the industry, you're in the industry, we should all get together. And my wife, of course, was there too, because she hadn't seen him in a while. And he gave me two scripts to read, and of course, I never read them for six months, uh, (laughs) because you know I'm a bastard. But uh, one of the other scripts he gave me was this uh, film, um, Tragedy Girls, which you may have seen, which is a great film, uh, but it's like a horror comedy, and I read both you know, that script and also one BR. And I, I came to them and I said, Hey, listen, you know, horror comedy. I used to test movies. Uh, I used to do market research for film yeah. for 18 years, I tested movies. And I, you know, worked for all the studios and everybody else. And, and what I came to find was that horror comedy is very hard to do. Yeah. You know, generally yeah. people yeah. who want comedy or not are too scared because of the horror and people who yeah. want a horror movie are just like, it's not horrible enough. Yeah. So I told them, I said, listen, you know, there's no way I'd ever make this movie. And they're like, well, we just finished shooting it last week. And I was like, oh, well, what the fuck do I know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so then I was like, well, I really am interested in 1BR, and they set up a meeting, and we and Dave and I met each other, and it was a great meeting, and, and we had the same sensibilities. And, you know, really, it, it was, you know, first-time producers. My producing partner, Shane Worcester, and I have a company called Malevolent Films. First-time uh, producers and a first-time director, writer-director. What, what could go wrong? Um, <laughs> so... <you> know, <laughs> But yeah, so that was sort of the whole origin of everything is we got uh, in touch with David and you know became friends with David, to be honest, actually. Yeah. He's actually one of the producers on the film, too. We uh, worked very closely with him and had a really great uh, crew and, and got very lucky with the casting. Uh, Naomi Grossman, for example, the great Naomi Grossman, has been yeah. a friend of mine for 20 years. And I was like, listen, I got this part. I know it's, it should be, I wish I could give you a bigger part. And yeah. she was just like, she, she was so sweet. She just did it, right? And then uh, Taylor Nichols, I knew um, through friends uh, uh-huh. and I met him at a party and I caught him and I was like, I have a metropolitan poster at home. And, and he was just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. really? <laughs> dude, dude, really? So, because um, I loved him in like the Whitstum movies, like, like metropolitan in Barcelona. Yeah. And, um, called him a year later from meeting him and was just like, I got this movie, you know? Yeah. And so he was like, oh yeah, you're the one with the Metropolitan poster. <laughs> so, um, so we got him and then we had a great, you know, casting director who got us the rest of it. And, you know, as much as we had cast it up and everything else, we then lost everybody, you know, three days before we were going to shoot. Like there's was you know, horrible, horrible stories to go on.
0: Obviously our podcast is called Let's Make a Horror Movie. So it's like, we wanted to know how you got from Let's Make a to We Made a. And I think, you know, I think you're kind of, you're giving us that.
2: Well, he brushed past a whole lot. lot. In fact, there was a perfect segue when he said, you know, what could go wrong? (laughs) And that's usually my cue to say, like, everything. (laughs) Because honestly, like, it's a miracle that this movie turned into what it is. That it's, you know, 86 on Rotten Tomatoes and, you know, up there with all the biggies. Because quite frankly, I mean... Alok referred to the, you know, the casting nightmare that they endured. I was the only one who didn't get the memo to drop out. I <laughs> <more> apparently. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. But still, no, I mean, they literally like braved forest fires. There was at one point a production truck that was hijacked yes, by we did a read really hot felon. <laughs> right. uh, we know because it was like on an episode of Cops or whatever. Oh, it's really? actually on The the Blu-ray specials, if people want to see the super hot felon who stole our production vehicle. Um, Anyway, just saying, we really, like, braved everything, and, and it still managed to survive. It's a miracle.
0: Yeah, you couldn't tell. I mean, I think one of the things that, you know, I think you were talking about, John, was the casting... You would never guess that you had cast, you know, a different lead. Yeah. From the lead you have. But... The role
1: seemed so perfect for the actress in it, Nicole Bloom. She seemed so perfect for the main character. I mean, did you guys have to change anything to fit her in it?
3: No, you know, in some ways so just if, if I wanna tell the story real quick, so what happened was that it was Monday, we were shooting on Thursday, right?
1: Yeah.
3: And what happened was uh we had we had this I won't say fussy, but I will say fussy because, like, she dropped out, a yeah. uh, TV actress who's very popular. Okay. And, you know, she made us, in turn, cast her, I think it was a boyfriend or friend, I don't know, I don't, allegedly, allegedly, you know, <laughs> yeah. no libel here, uh, <laughs> yeah. cast, like, this dude who was on some CW vampire show that I've never fucking watched. Oh, can I curse on here, by the way? Oh, uh, oh
1: yeah, yeah. Please okay. do.
3: Okay, fuck yeah. All right, so some fucking CW show, vampire (laughs) show I've never watched before. And this is a lesson to everyone is don't hire anyone who is, you know, perhaps friends with the other person. Yeah. Because while I'm getting this woman's feminine energy drink in the Gelson's, which is a big popular place in Los Angeles and Marina del Rey, we we actually got an energy drink from the company. Because, you know, we would put it in the background or some shit, but it wasn't going to be there for, like, till three days into production. So the stupid things you do as an independent producers, you have to go and, you know, pick up the case of this stupid energy drink. So I'm in there, and her agent calls, and it's like, she's out. And Don't give us a reason. They just say she's out. She, she and we're just like, what
2: just fuck just are you off. talking
3: about? And yeah. so we're losing our minds. And then, of course, her, you know, alleged boyfriend or friend or whatever from this CW yeah. piece of shit show um, <laughs> then drops out, too. And we're like, what the fuck? What could go wrong worse than this? And we yeah, go to a yeah. bar, of course, to start drinking and try to figure this out. And we get a call. Through, uh, we got an older lady actress uh, who's playing Miss Stanhope. Her husband collapsed, rushed to the hospital, dies. And this is all in one day. And we're like, and she's not going to come Obviously, She's not. you know, poor woman's grieving, yeah, oh, you know. Uh, oh, so so now we're like, you know, <laughs> fucked. Um, and so we start scrambling to try to figure this out. Yeah. And we... Basically, you make the decision to push everything back a week and then still try to cast like crazy. And Nicole says yes right away. Nicole, Brian Bloom was actually our first choice. But then this other like TV actress, like, came along who had, like, you know, it's so stupid that you, I mean, she just Bloom can act. It's not she can't act, but she yeah. also has, like, Three million Instagram yeah. followers and stupid shit like that, that you have to yeah. consider. He also start-
2: has a ridiculous writer with a feminine energy. <laughs> yeah, drink I was like, That's so dumb.
3: We had to make her happy, and that's the least of certain things. I mean, at least
0: she didn't ask for like a whole bowl of green M and M's or, yeah. or a, this, like but, ten you wheels you know, of cheese. So- yeah, I mean, I have a feminine energy drink on my rider as well, obviously, yeah. but mm-hmm. I was just wondering what brand it was that... Uh, like, we what... can't say. Uh, I wish we
3: could, because what happened is that they ended up sending us, like, so many cases of this, like a truckload yeah. of cases of this drink. And we were like, should we, do we need to send it back? And they're like, no, keep it. And we're like, okay. And so I, I was so mad about this whole yeah. episode, I couldn't drink a single drop of this shit. So I don't know what it tastes like, <laughs> um, but... It's a feminine energy because it's marketed towards women, so they have like you know. I I'm I know. a
2: woman, and I didn't care for, yeah.
3: for it. <laughs> All right, well, we this is the reason we're not mentioning the name of this yeah, product. Yeah, yeah. It's no. so nice to give it to no, no, so, us. Um, so, so, anyway, that happens, and then we, Nicole was our first choice. Like I said, we call yeah. her, and like in two days, she's flown out. Which actually makes it interesting in a way. It feels very seamless with her in the movie, right? It like really you, know, you think who always really- cast, and it's because. I mean she was coming out from new york she lives in new york and she was coming out to l.a at moments notice to literally just become this sarah character and and she kind of does because sarah sort of a fish out of water so does nicole so it kind of actually went to sort of the whole um character i want to say in a very fun interesting subtle way
2: um, Although she did she choose out. to spend her Christmas vacation being tortured.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I mean, we let everyone off for actual Christmas, I'll say this, but like, they're back to work the day, the day after. To be honest, we did 15-day shoot, but then we actually got a chance to go back and do some reshoots. But the reshoots yeah. were like eight months after the initial like shooting because we couldn't like Naomi Grossman's shooting American Horror Story and Taylor Nichols is doing PN15. And like, I mean, they're all, all these guys are working. So consistently, it's hard to get the band back together, so to speak. Getting back to the casting stuff, it was the Friday before we were shooting on the Monday. and We still didn't have our older lady character, Miss Stanhope, and we didn't have a, a Brian character. I'm sitting there on Friday morning and I'm looking at reels of, of older lady actresses because I'm just begging my friends, send me reels, send me reels. We <laughs> yeah. have to figure this out. And so I see this reel from Susan Davis, who's an amazing actress. She's been in a ton of stuff. She's Robert Robin's cousin, and he brought her out here, you know, back in the day. And she's been a very successful character actress. And I saw her reel, and there was a number at the end of it. And I called the number thinking it was going to be an agent or manager, but it was not. It was her. And I was like, uh well, this is highly inappropriate. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pitch you the movie and I'm going to pitch us and see what what happens. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's like, (laughs) at the end of it, she's like, well, I've never been in a cult movie before. (laughs) This sounds fascinating. (laughs) And basically, that's at 9 o'clock in the morning. By 11.30, we signed her. Fast forward to the end of the day. So we going to the cast the Brian character. We're shooting on Monday. We don't know if we're shooting on Monday. We don't have a Brian character. I don't know what the hell we're gonna do. So we're in Barney's Beanery drinking once again. You can probably see like a like of friends like Jason Blum to help us keep the agencies open. Like you know later, we're trying to make sure that we can you know figure this out. And finally, we get a call around like seven o'clock or something, and it's it's Gersh and Gersh was very helpful in all of this. Their agent calls told us you got your Brian. Giles is in. And the reason it, we didn't hear sooner from them, Ryan was actually driving down from uh, San Francisco or something. He had to pull over to the side of the road and read the script like on his phone. Wow. And uh, he just read his part. Yeah, like, he didn't
1: read <laughs> the script. And I had no contact. So, to, to, to bit.
3: Right? Like,
2: Isn't that what all actors do? <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so yeah. Sometimes so, yeah.
2: we don't even get the full script alone. I'm just saying. No, you're we very generous giving us the whole, whole thing. <laughs>
3: Well, what are you going to go do, put it on the internet? I mean, we're not quite in Tarantino, right? Like,
2: <laughs> well, anyway, I appreciate
3: it. Of course. Well, we get to see context, right? So anyway, long short of story, yes. he says yes, and then like we're like, we're shooting a movie on Monday. So <laughs> go and we shoot the movie. So that was sort of like the heart attack
0: with uh, like casting and stuff. So
3: yeah, so I hope and, I answered
0: that question. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and Naomi, what was sort of, your experience of it then? Presumably it was a lot less stressful. How did it go from your side?
2: Yeah, it, there was no stress on my end. I mean, I had the opposite experience, not only of a low, because I wasn't producing it, so I wasn't mm-hmm. privy to all this drama. Yeah. Uh, but it's also a very different process as, let's say, uh, your experience doing television. Because television, you know, moves very quickly. And often, you know, the actor's sort of the last piece of the puzzle uh, to be put in. So, you know, sometimes I've gotten a call like, hey, you're working tomorrow, <laughs> you know, and um, no, you don't get the full script. Here are the lines that you say. That's all you need to know. Whether it's the fact that, you know, the full script hasn't been written or they just don't want to let you know, you know, they're trying to keep things really under wraps. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's the reality of a lot of TV. Whereas film, at least this in particular, I, I mean, I have the script six months beforehand uh you know I knew what I was doing long long before you know my call time changed from one week to the next but that's um yeah, yeah. I mean this was all plan. news yeah.
3: to me I'm gonna say one thing too because I don't think Naomi would ever say it but when we did the reshoots uh she actually was she got nominated for an Emmy oh,
2: and what? like this is yeah. happening
3: we're doing the reshoot it just
2: happens to be I don't beautiful. know
3: how this like li- aligns like the universe aligns it up like this kind of bullshit way, but like. It happened to be, like, the week of the Emmys. We're shooting this stuff, and, like, poor Naomi is like, I'm coming back to shoot your film, Mishra, but I'm not going to that gifting suite where I can get a trip to Barbados. I'm coming back to shoot your shitty movie (laughs) but she sent her mom there 52 weeks in the year
2: and they had to (laughs) choose that one
3: yeah so like the time that she's supposed to shine but we tried to like get her out so she could go to the parties and stuff and like you know what i mean like but but she did get the gifting stuff because her her mom did end up coming and going in her stead so it worked out in that regard but she came back and she did it and she was so sweet to do it and like you know because we've been friends for years and i wish the part was a bigger part It just happened to be a sort of smaller part that she was so, and there are no small parts apparently. That's what
2: Amy told me. He seduced me. He (laughs) said, "We realized we squandered your talent." We need more of you. The movie isn't what it is unless we have more of you. So I mean that.
1: Yeah, that that's a good
2: actor to yeah. come. By the way, it's not with energy drinks. Right. It's not with. It definitely wasn't with a. Um, no, I mean I, the tease of more screen time. Yeah, yeah. Yes, please. Um. No, it's all good. I. I wanna work, uh, uh-huh. obviously. I mean, yes, yeah. I wanted to go to Barbados and now I probably never will. I probably won't ever leave the house <laughs> again. Thanks, Nishra. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. But, um, no, I mean, we do what we gotta do. So, you know, of course I'm gonna be uh, uh, amenable. It's my own version of the feminine energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have accommodated the, you know, the, the, the gifting suite, that would have been great. But at the end of the day, yeah. We chose right. Yeah, we got yeah, a good true. movie, and that's that's what's most important, right?
3: right. And you yeah. can't really go to Barbados right now, anyway. So no, really I'd good.
2: be sheltering in place with like a coconut right. full of vodka in my <laughs> yeah. It Would be terrible. Bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, on that note, video on demand, I guess, is where the films ended up because of all this yep. crazy shit with COVID and all the lockdown stuff. How is that from a, certainly from a production aspect? I guess like how does that kind of change your view of where you see things going in future, future projects and stuff? Does it shift your focus at all? Two things. I always say with this movie. We had a very
3: good luck, bad luck thing that went on with it, right? Yeah. Like when we were coming out, we were supposed to have a small theatrical release, but because of COVID happening right when everything we were supposed to release, yeah. that did not happen. We didn't get our fucking premiere, for example. <laughs> we wanted to have a nice red carpet premiere with yeah. the all dressed up and stuff, right? But we didn't get that. But the good news was, the good luck was, well, because of COVID, because this movie is sort of like the perfect quarantine movie, if you yeah. will, if you yeah. think about it, like we're quarantined, they're quarantined, whatever. Yeah. It's done so well on video on demand, actually, like exceeding expectations and stuff. We opened in the UK as well, and we were in the top uh, 10 or 15 for like almost three weeks. We went down as low as like in the top 200s, and now we're back up into the top 50 again. And I don't know why exactly. Like it's just word of mouth, but people like you having podcasts talking about it with your viewers, listenership rather. There's all kinds of reasons. But I think a lot of it is because we're stuck in this place and there's nothing new coming out. And <laughs> yeah. guess what? At least in the States, we're not going to be fucking watching movies till next year. I can tell you that. Yeah. I know that for a fact. They, they, they took off Tenet from the list now. Like, yes, don't know, when I that's think, coming out, for example. That was supposed that. to be, like, the big movie that was coming out. Like, one of the first movies. The other first movie I have to give a plug to that was supposed to be out to be the first movie is my yeah. ex, uh, ex-boss's movie, Unhinged, with <laughs> Russell Crowe. And I hope that's still coming out at some point. But honestly no one knows and <laughs> yeah. it, it, not only that but like all the great festivals like you have there we premiered at the GrimFest. there mm, they've yeah. had to go virtual for example i can't mm, wait yeah. to see what they come up with yeah. but let's be honest it's not the fucking same as like, going to the festivals it's not even close i mean sadly a lot of people who normally put their film in for a regular festival will not put yeah. it in for a virtual festival because they're scared of piracy and maybe they should be right. you know yeah, yeah. but i'm saying like that whole thing is gone I mean, time and place that we're living in right yeah. so mm-hmm. vod has done very well so i think we'll we'll get back there there might the, the sort of only sort of um casualty is that there may be some smaller films the studios are just like fuck it i'm not yeah. spending 20 million dollars to market your film king of staten island right i'm just gonna bring you out yeah of course. on vod because frankly you're not that good a movie i mean I, actually i don't know if that's the case so I've been it. <laughs> but i'm <laughs> saying that, that, that's Ooh, that's In a way, they they should just make some sort of backroom deal with, like, the Netflixes or whoever their streamer is to put them on because sometimes it's better for them. I mean, like, they dropped um, Cloverfield Paradox, I want to say, like, right after the Super Bowl, Netflix did. And that would – I'm sorry, that's a piece of shit. Like, a piece (laughs) of shit. uh, And and I don't care who knows. I I say it. Um, (laughs) And I think they know, too, because that's why they made the deal with Netflix because it made far more money for Netflix – then it would have made for Paramount spending an extra $20 million to market that film,
2: right?
3: When they know they don't have the goods, it may be more of the case where they put it out there. And and, and I think that's sort of healthy for the ecosystem in a way because, you know, you're not having to get up, get in your car, go to the movie theater, wait in line, do all this stuff, and then it's a piece of shit. So I think that you're going to see more sort of a correcting of the ecosystem in a way. So that's, I think, the yeah. positive thing that might come out of all of this. Movies are going to come back, though. People, people want to see Black Widow in the theater, you know? They want yeah. to see Tenants. They want to see Mulan and stuff. And frankly, they can't afford, studios can't afford to not open those on theaters because, yeah, like, I mean, I've heard something like they have to make $800 million back to make Tenant break even. Jesus. Like, I mean, so they're not, <laughs> okay, here's, here's the main rule of thumb. They're not opening anything until China opens up that's really what it's all you got to know i mean it's uh, us yeah. and it's china they got to open both of them up to make it worth it to even do anything so i think that that's in a roundabout hopefully way i've answered your question but i, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to affect it as much as everyone would would, would say mm-hmm. and i think we'll all be back in the theater once we can because everyone loves the communal experience the kids the kids want to go back too. i know so, you, you, yep. they're interested in their TikTok and shit like that <laughs> but they also want to go to their mom's fucking house and go on a date and go to whatever so they're
0: going to go back to the theaters. that's right so this is your you know this is the first Malevolent Films production correct me if I'm wrong and I just wondered like obviously raising funds and getting funding for for movies is, is a big challenge did you have this issue and if so kind of how did you solve it
3: well we, we had I can't tell you how much the movie was shot for that's alright I can yeah, yeah, yeah. not tell you that they
2: didn't that. spend the money on talent right they <laughs> saved on talent
3: that's for sure <laughs> No, I mean, the thing of it was, like, we went around for, like, two years looking for money for, like, anything. And we could not find said money. And then finally, we were like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to bet on ourselves. And so, for example, I had a house that was paid off, and I stupidly went and, you know, Got a mortgage on it and stuff and took some money out that way and went to some family members and different people like that. Other people, not me, but did that, let's say, to get some money and we made our movie. And and the good news was it turned out well so that our next movie is actually a $5 million movie. And the next movie after that, the $5 million movie. And we already have funding for the next one. Oh, no. uh, we're almost. I think about one fourth of the way there for the one after that. Yeah, I think the thing of it is that you have to be in the club and people have to trust you yeah, to actually yeah. get financing from people. And so we sort of, you know, took the risk, but it's a risk that will eventually pay off. Uh, yeah. you know hopefully we made made a whole May made a for the money we put out there, in you know, a year or so, I hope. Uh, but uh, yeah. it's it's slowly but surely coming back. I can tell you that I, we we think it'll definitely, unless there's an, a you know a nuclear
0: apocalypse or something. <laughs> oh, I think we're gonna oh, go we'll back. Hang you know? on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if that happens, we've got other we've got other concerns. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right? Like it's yeah, it's like
3: so so to answer your question, hopefully that that's what we had to do. You know, thankfully we made the right bet, but also. You know I, I tested movies for 18 years sure. of course yeah, so no, you no, know same. if i didn't make a decent movie then i'd be a fucking idiot uh,
0: yeah yeah
3: <laughs> i mean the problem is too there's it's not about you know you can have a great script you can have a great director but all yeah. these things can go wrong right as, as told to you yeah. by like Naomi grossman for yeah. example and and, <laughs> and then, then even to that like you could also Pick the wrong sales agent distributor to go with. Who's gonna like uh, just do enough and then leave you by the side of the road to die? And we've been very lucky that we did yeah. a lot of research into this and we picked like a nice boutique genre yeah. uh, for uh, genre um, a company distributor uh, yeah. sales agent uh, Dark Sky.
0: Yeah, yeah, handle yes, a lot fun. of
3: films. Dark Sky, and and this is the main thing—they're fucking honest. We went to other <laughs> filmmaker friends of ours who had deals with them, and they're like, "Listen." We get, a, we get a, a, a breakdown every quarter. We get a report every quarter. And we get a check. Yeah. And that's oh. all you need to know. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Sounds like a good thing. But I've heard some I mean, harsh stories from other friends. They were like, oh, wow. They had these projections and they, they didn't meet any of them. Mm. And then they made just enough. So they made their nut. And they left us by the side of the road to die.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah. So
3: there's definitely that angle that I would caution anyone who's in this part of the business to really educate yourself. I think this was a question about money originally, but I think i turned it into a, a, sort of a, a thing about strategy.
2: Wait, I have a question. Alok, yeah. why didn't you change the, the movie to one bed in the UK? <laughs>
3: well, we we'll, actually, the, the, the company that's released this there, Blue Finch, I wanted to call it 1BR colon whatever they wanted to call it. Right. So we had okay. the one BR in front yeah. of it. So anytime people Google it, it would come up. Well, what I found actually with even apartment one BR, anytime someone puts that in is all the one BR stuff still comes up no matter what. Right. So it doesn't uh-huh. really make a difference, to be honest. But the thought I had of it is that I wanted to be called one br the flat, which I thought was going to be,
1: yeah,
3: but they, the, the Bluefinch wondered what they wanted. And I was like, I'm not going to argue with you. And, in, yeah. and at the end of the day, here's the truth of it. We have been putting all our social media sort of side by side with it. We're always like one br or apartment one br in the UK, and we did it so much so that um, we were talking to Australia, and Australia they have no idea what one br means either. Right? (laughs) In fact, they have less of an idea than the UK. I would tell you this. They really because we had so many. We went to Melbourne um, to Melbourne uh, Monster Fest there. And we were in two Q A's. There's both. It was a question. What does your title mean? You know. And so, these people definitely have no fucking idea. Yeah. So what we ended up doing. Well, but is at least they
2: know how to pronounce it. Like oh, there yeah. was this, well, that podcast you sent me yesterday. I, they were in, from Spain, and they were like, "What is this <laughs> Like they didn't know how to say the damn movie. I was like, "Oh man." <laughs> yeah, well, that was pretty. You know, funny. if you can't uh, even say it. It's like prints. Like, h- how are you going to be like? I really love this new artist. This, this, this symbol. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Right. <laughs> you got it. Well, you need a name.
3: So we're also going to be called Apartment One BR in Australia as well. So we're going to keep that sort of uniform so I don't have to keep on saying like, okay, 1BR in the States, apartment 1BR in the UK, and another time (laughs) at all, just two I
2: remember, I I have a one-woman show that I took to Edinburgh. And uh, the the show time was at, um, I want to say like 1150, or what, it was was 1050. At least that's how we'd say it here in the US. Yeah. um, Which is a perfectly fine time like to do like kind of a raunchy late night comedy. But, um, you guys have a funny way of saying, like, 10.50, like, half 10, half 10.
0: Oh, half 10, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> That's it's what
2: it was. Scotland. And uh, anyway, or, yeah, so I guess it would have been, it would, is half 10, or yeah. 11, uh,
0: or 9.30? Yeah. No, it's half 10, but it's 10.30, half but, 10. Right.
2: If it's half ten, it should be five. I agree. Anyway, I did not know how to say what time my damn show was. So here I was on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, Scotland, wearing a beaded thong and matching pasties in the freezing cold because it's <laughs> fucking freezing there Please in go, August, go. And, you know, passing out flyers with my own boot- booty on it. And I, yet I still didn't know how to say what time <laughs> my own show was. Anyway, I ended up getting decent houses, but it was not easy. The point is, these are things that we have to think about as yeah. producers, right? How to say, the like, will they know how to say the name of your movie? Will they know what time to go to the theater? It's it, it's so funny the way little things like that, you really have to like think about.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's cool that you had a show in, in Edinburgh. That's my hometown. I'm yeah, from oh, Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, to... I didn't
2: mean to make that about me all of a sudden. Oh, I no, no, like,
0: it's cool. I used to work in the festival as well.
2: We're the same and different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have bumped into you on the Royal Mile handing out your flyers.
2: You would have missed it because I told you the wrong time. Time,
0: yeah. <laughs> Still, at least I'd have the flyer.
2: You would have come at 9.30. <laughs> it was at 5. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Half, half anything I mean be that's
2: what? very easy math I am not a like a, a math person but even I can handle that
0: right the problem gets when you go like half past one or half one yes. you be like well, yeah, well yeah. what time is that now like which one that half? one right point five <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think our system needs a little work but uh I want it with you
2: please cool. fix this <laughs>
1: One thing that amazes me about One BR is that it's a cult for real. It doesn't run by like a weird pervert taking everyone's money. They all really believe in it, and it's that makes it really terrifying and very tense. And everyone's really committed to the ideas of it. I Absolutely love that that aspect of it.
3: David did a lot of work into that uh, yeah. in terms of, you know, Southern California has so storied, has so many storied yeah. cults, really. Yeah. yeah. So that was part of sort of his research. Synanon was one of the cults he looked at very closely. Yes, I did All help. these cults started off with like the best intentions. Yeah. And always seemed to be perverted in some way. Yeah. What David did, though, is he made it such that, you know, it's almost believable that mm. these people seem like they have the best intentions. Yeah. You know, there's a part in American history, X, I was bring this example up, where yeah. Edward Norton is like talking about like, what's become of America, da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. and you kind of almost go along with him for a second. You're like, yeah, I know. What this, you mean. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. happening. You're like, wait, these fucking people are <laughs> Nazis. <Yeah. laughs> you know? So you stop. So there's almost that believability yeah. to it like that, you know.
2: But yeah, yeah. that's. <laughs> that's so realistic. I mean, even the Nazis believed, you know, they were fixing the roads and there were things about what they were doing that made them believe that they were doing something good for the, for the country. You know, during COVID, one of my few like joys has been, um, riding my bicycle. I'm living my best eighth grade life. Cause that's all I got. And so I'll, I ride uh, my bike by the celebrity center, the Scientology center daily. And it is so creepy. (laughs) Yeah. But those people, I, and I should be careful. Like if I get body snapped, like in the next week, like please follow up. We'll come and find you. Yeah. We'll make sure you're okay. But the point is like these people don't see like, there's, there's people stationed on the corner, wow. that and, and they don't think they're doing, they're scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they think they're doing a service Trying to, to people, themselves yeah. and their community.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it this speaks to what you said earlier about there being no small parts. In this movie, everybody has to be that convincing, because if, there's, if there's any one person in that complex looked too creepy or looked too evil, it would break the whole thing, but everyone in it, especially yourself, is so convincingly there for Sarah, and that sells it amazingly. It really makes it a very tense, skin crawling experience.
3: Not yeah, that. I think as far as the writing is concerned too, I think there is some really good arc of characters and so forth yeah. that you know seems sort of believable, even though sometimes it might be a bit predictable. We went through a lot of different things, or we had to, we cut a lot of stuff. Like I mean, yeah. we um, from our test screenings and stuff, we knew that getting to the sort of capture element was really important. and Like, I mean, our first, our first act was like 33 minutes. We cut it down to 22.
1: Okay. And, you yeah. know,
3: you lose a little character, a little thing like that, but it, it moves really well. You're not you really f- t- typically that bored. Not There's f- a couple places maybe, but we need a different character and stuff, but it moves pretty well. Um, you know, the, the other part of it is that um, we cut some character things to, to for pacing and stuff. We actually have a part in there where Sarah ends up trying to kill herself, Wow. uh like slasher on throat let's yeah. say and it was such a huge part of the movie and when we came with the first cut david marmer hadn't put it in there we're like what the fuck marmer we spend so much money on this fucking part like yeah, yeah. all of your know, prosthetics yeah, yeah. And then, then because she had like a slash in her throat we had to like digitally take it out like oh, for no. the rest wow. of the movie and stuff right <laughs> oh, and, and no. so that's a fucking expense right yeah yeah and so like stuff like that it didn't get cut out and then we realized that, we realized all along that we needed a different ending. And so when yeah. we went back and did reshoots, that was one of the big things we did. But we actually shot two, uh, a, a, an alternative ending as well okay. mm-hmm. uh, that was uh, that we sort of been tested. But I think the ending that we came up with was the most satisfying ending that we yes. could figure out with yeah. all the test audiences and stuff. We definitely took out a lot of things to kind of get to this place in terms yeah. of not only pacing, but keeping the characters and having something that we think finish is strong as yeah, well. A lot would, of people so. really love sort of the crescendo of violence that occurs. it, I mean, it, it is it is like really, as they say, a bit of a slow burn. But yeah, but it, it really ramps up at the end so that like if you if you miss the last ten minutes, I would say you miss the whole movie in some respects, you know. What I think
1: works well as well is that there isn't any point where you're like, Sarah, what are you doing? Because everything seems so convincing for her. Every choice she makes for most of the film is like, that makes total sense. You would trust the neighbor, you would trust everybody in that complex and i think that really lands her entire story yeah i think the thing too is that um it, it
3: there's always the people that watch a watch a film like this and like what would i do right? Yes. right yeah and so we do a, a fairly decent job of sort what of old? like couching why you would do this and yeah. like making people see that this me that this whole you know cult going on in the middle of an urban area could actually be the thing and you realize that even more so towards whatever happens with the last third of it and stuff right so it all sort of clicks and and fits together in a a sort of neat way because of the way david wrote it to be honest
0: and then and then then chose to edit it as well you know Am I right in thinking that this was, this was kind of like David's baby and he brought it, he pitched it to you guys and you were like, this is fucking great, let's do it. Is that kind of how that went down or were you more, how involved were you guys? No, no, no. There? He,
3: he, he had completely written it. In fact, he had to kind of like rewrite it down a bit to, to be able to, first to be able to afford to shoot it. Cause he had okay. other sort of interesting ideas and right. stuff, but we had to sort of, I mean, it wasn't a huge rewrite, but it was like nipping and tucking certain scenes here, there, whatever. Yeah and and so i would say it's about 99 percent his brain child the only thing that we had sort of um you know we may have one thing we sort of had disagreements about were um selecting lester at one point because he wanted somebody that looked a a bit older and i was like first off this poor woman stuck in this place and forced to you know perhaps do something with this guy and at least he should he should look younger at least kind of near her age only other part we sort of um fought over a little bit was the other ending that he wanted because he wanted an ending where um she gets and this is sort of like that like the height of me too not that it's still not going on let's say course, yeah. but he, he had this whole thing in his mind where he wanted sarah to get out on her own steam right it didn't you know and i was like well if it was fucking easy then everyone would get out like the yeah, fact that someone yeah. else had to help her to some extent makes it more oh, t- 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 our, you know in our yeah. summation of it like realistic as to why it's so difficult right and so we fought over a bit about a bit of that but then the test audiences really loved like our ending a lot better and and david said it best it was like sort of the writer in him that sort of really wanted to stick to the character's guns let's say and also yeah. the me too shit. but then he realized like this is a far more entertaining ending of course. and so you yeah. have to go with the producers and your director brain on this so so yeah i'd say 99 percent
2: is david's the other thing, though, that you labored over, Elok, and you're forgetting is, wait for it, the hot pussy. <laughs> Remember?
0: Yes, this I know. not oh, a
2: podcast unless I drop the P-bomb. Right. Remember you were concerned about like initially they were going to like crucify the cat, wow. cat and then they're like, oh, we can't show that, you know, the, there's the all the PETA people, get, uh, then they won't see the movie. Like you really labored over like whether or not to include the cat and in what capacity, like, is it okay to fillet it, uh, you know, in a stove?
3: Well, I, yeah, and you're- that's a that's yeah. a great point, Naomi, that you bring up and that's I forgot about that. But yeah, yeah, part of the test screening thing was that I'm a sick fucker. I wanted to see more of the cat. I mean I wanna see that I wanted to see that cat like, you know, pop out of the oven and run around the apartment on fire, but that's <laughs> I said more the same
1: thing to my wife to about that. I thought I thought the cat's gonna jump out of that.
3: Well, I wanted it to. Yeah. And I, I, I wanted wanted to jump out its eye explode or something, or you know, <laughs> something really horrible. But when we tested it only twenty five percent of the audience wanted to see that, no, and no. the twenty five that wanted to see that were actually more the hardcore horror fans. Of course, uh, yeah. and the thing of it was that this is not a hardcore horror movie, no, right? No this is a psychological horror thriller. I mean, if anything, it's a psychological thriller with elements of horror, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: No and fact.
3: so because of that, I lost that argument, and uh, and also. It was gonna cost us a lot more money to do anything with that cat digitally to come yeah. alive, and I didn't want to spend another five grand on fucking cat when it was gonna be like <laughs> just two seconds of that. You yeah. Know what I mean, and, and and thankfully David was smart to just sort of gloss over it because I'll tell you this: that's the one big stupid thing that people keep on pointing out, and it's like it's like they didn't watch the trailer or something. They're like, <gasps> I can't believe this something I mean, happens yeah. to an animal in this movie. Like we kill five other people in the movie and are about a goddamn cat. Like and it's like. This is always a thing. I mean, you look on our, our, our Amazon reviews and the top review is this idiot who's like, I didn't even watch the whole movie. I shut it off after the cat got killed. And I was like, well, no. fuck you then. Like, I was like, you want to pay pay for a ticket to a boxing match and you're going to get mad when somebody gets a bloody nose? Go yeah. fuck yourself.
2: <laughs> you know, I think you make really good points, below. if only the movie Cats, had right. an exploding eyeball, I'm sure it wouldn't have bombed the way it
1: yeah, did. I
0: agree. I would quite happily watch all of the people in the movie Cats being put into an oven and cooked. As, yeah. as, oh, absolutely. I, I mean, Wait.
2: Judy Dench? Yes, please.
3: <laughs> Someone put that woman <laughs> in the oven. Dad. marinated in red, red wine.
2: <laughs> right, right
3: well you know naomi and i like before the COVID happened one of the last things we did because like we're, we're friends like outside yeah. of like you know, doing that shit. i've known naomi for 20 years but we went to there's a, we have a place here uh in la and then also over the country and stuff this uh, chain called the alamo draft house which is very famous for doing kind of weird screenings and so they had a screening of cats where it's called Rowdy Cats, and you can uh, <laughs> talk to the screen.
2: And uh, dress as a cat, took- and yes. they, they um, have cocktails that like theme cat cocktails.
3: Wow. Yeah, so we uh, we took some uh, some edibles. For me, I took like 20 milligrams, which was a lot. And
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> we went and watched this movie, and we were talking to the screen so much, and Naomi <laughs> was like singing all the songs, and at some point I was just like, can you, can you, can you shut up? <laughs>
1: I <laughs> some of them are, are really good. stuff. So and there's so
3: much racist, weird stuff in the movie that you notice when you're high, I suppose. But we're like, why? Why are all the black cats being persecuted? Why? Why can't some of these white cats do some of this dirty work, dirty stuff? Like, why is it Rum Chum Tigger, a dearest Alba, black cat that has to be the bad guy and all of this? Yeah. At some point, we're like, this is racist. And we're like, racist, racist. And then the whole audience started chanting racist,
2: racist. It's
0: true, black I mean, cats matter. Weird. Yeah, black
3: yeah. cats do oh, matter. Black, black cats matter, <laughs> for sure. But, you know, we oh, are, exactly. we also were very... They do. <laughs> whether they're cats or something else. But we were also very concerned why these cats didn't have any buttholes. and So right. that was part yeah. of the conversation, too. And I know one day there will be a butthole cut of cats. It was the last enjoyable movie we saw in the theater together. <gasps> very, enjoyable. Like theater very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Like I, I don't think there's any other way I could ever watch cats in my life. I've never seen cats in any capacity before, until this what? night.
0: A revelation. <laughs> would I, would I, well, you have to have a That sounds awesome. Oh. Well, let's see, where where we get to? I mean, uh... <laughs> I'm just checking my notes. I'm super professional, as you can tell. Very clear. So, uh, you, you mentioned a couple of things coming down the pipeline. Can you give us a bit of a sort of sneak preview?
3: Um, I can just tell you, um, we have a movie that we're working on with this guy, Marcel Sarmiento, who did this movie, writer-director of A Dead Girl, if you ever okay. saw that. Um, yeah. It was on a festival circuit, like, circuit 2008 or nine. It's a great film. A uh, really controversial film, but really yeah. interesting. Uh, so we're doing kind of a sci-fi horror thing with him. Nice, awesome. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the title of it. I'm not going to tell you anything of beyond course. that because I feel like, uh, and then and then also in addition to that we're doing another movie after that with David Marmer again. Oh, oh nice. Uh, we've awesome. all gotten along very well. It's a Good team, and we want to get this band back together to go and shoot this thing. And okay. I won't say anything about that because we don't want to leave, leave anything uh, out there. Uh, we're trying to J.J. Abrams a shit out yeah. of all this stuff. You know, show people there's a box. Don't tell them what's in the box. Yeah. Just, like, let's see where this goes so we can, you know, build anticipation, you know, uh, slowly build awareness when it needs to be built. And we have a lot of ideas uh, for a sequel and stuff like that. I mean, for example, Janice is still alive. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yeah, quite the, uh, one bedroom, two bath. That's, that's <laughs> <great>. <laughs> Oh, I like that that's good yeah <laughs> cool i so mean I- the one bedroom chronicles
0: janice <laughs> what, it'll be,
3: what it might be called right Yes, one bedroom chronicles janice
0: <laughs> we'll keep it under wraps that you're working on a sequel to cats as your next film as well
3: Yes,
0: it could be. <laughs> so I just—I read into, I heard sci-fi. I thought that's he's doing—he's yeah. doing cats too. That's what's happening. Cats in space. Cats in space. Cause... Anyway, <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, um, look, I mean, you—you've you, heard our podcast. Hypothetically, how does somebody with a pitch get from? I've got a good idea. I've got a pitch. or I've got a script. Mm. Even where do they go? Because you know, you're the kind of guy that makes. I that think.
3: I did a short stint working. Uh, I was an intern and I was an assistant in development. And what I find, this is on the studio level, let's call it too. Yeah, I was working for a, a, a man named David Friendly, who's done such amazing hits as Dr. Doolittle, the Eddie Murphy one. Ooh, oh, uh, the Eddie Murphy one. Big, 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 the, good, the good Dr. Doolittle. Yes. Uh, big Mama's house as well was his. He also has done A uh, Little Miss Sunshine and stuff. Oh, that's oh yeah, great. amazing. Yeah. So you know, learning from that, Seeing from the studio point of view versus mm-hmm. like an independent producer point of view, yeah. I would always tell anyone, you need to have a script. Yes. Have a finished, perfected script. Yeah. Don't ever give anybody something that's halfway done, because I'll be honest, they're never going to fucking read it again. Nine yeah. times out of ten, unless, unless there's something they really want to develop with you or something like that. Yeah. I don't think treatments work either, because you just don't know what you're going to finally get. I mean, it's a nice blueprint or backbone for yeah. this script you may write but it's kind of bullshit until you see the script so i'd always tell you have a script if not two or three if you can because if one of them hits then they're gonna start it's like you're in the club like people oh what else do you got tarantino well let me tell you like you you have a bunch of stuff you can then sell secondly i would tell you to perfect a pitch Work with friendly producers or, you know, or try to, if, if, they, if you find a producer that has read your script, likes your script, is willing to take yeah. it to other people, there's many different ways you can make a movie. You can either get people attached and try to raise money that way, or mm-hmm. if they think the script is strong enough, they might just give you the money anyways, like what they've mm-hmm. kind of done for our next film, for example. But having a good pitch is really important. Like being able to come up and explain your film in a very short amount of time, that's in, it's an intriguing way. We always say sort of about our, you know, our next script that, well, I can't
0: say it actually. I can't say it. Top secret. Cats in space. We but know, we know.
3: It, it's, a, it's such a, it's such a uh, little pitch that I have that it's like, well, you've seen this movie, right? Well, think of this movie, except the guy becomes this instead of that. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I like this. So, yeah. but That's a little thing you can do. But I mean, perfecting a pitch is really important is what I'm trying to say and working on that pitch and you're bouncing it off of different people that are industry centric people who maybe hear these things all day long. Building your network of who you may be able to send this thing to as well is yeah. also a huge thing. You're welcome to pitch me anything, anytime you want. If it's not for me and I think it's a really great idea, I may pass it to a friend. Growing your network is you the part of it, perfecting the pitch, having the script, those three
0: things that I would
1: tell you. Cool, that's yeah. awesome, yeah. that's really yeah. Yeah. Great advice for our listeners.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. One other thing I would ask is that, like, this is a, a big project that's obviously had loads of challenges, but, I, well, I mean, I would say the end result is fantastic. Um, do you, would you have, is there anything that, like, you wish you'd known before you started? You know, like, obviously there's stuff that you can't um, control that went wrong, but, like, there must have been stuff that maybe next time you would know how to do a different way, or?
3: I can tell you three things one if you have money to go 15 days find the money or just throw your money up front to do at least 20 days right, yeah. right? Yeah. don't don't make it so breakneck especially for a first time director let him have some time to sort of you know do a little play around with it i wish yeah. we had and we had to go back and give him that time frankly but it of cost course. us so much more than it would have if we had just made it 20 days Right, yeah. and me so a trip one, to our yeah, yeah, and, trip yes, trip yeah, to exactly. Throw that in Paris. the budget. The happy stars, happy life, or whatever. Anyway, but <laughs> um, uh, so that's one thing. Don't skimp on your editor. Uh, we started off with somebody who was a bit inexperienced, and you know the other part of it was poor David Marmor and had his baby. Like right after we finished and he was trying to be part of the editing process and, it, oh, you wow. know, not being able to sleep and all this bullshit. I mean, he oh, couldn't help. we had to, at the end of the day, find a more experienced uh, editor. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you, that's a huge, strong thing that you need to have on board yeah. for, if I was to do it over again, I would have gone to uh, this guy that we had who did everything really amazingly, Rich Fox, who yeah. was a more seasoned sort of person. He, he came up with sort of like a lot of the stuff by himself and then David worked with him after he'd come up with something and was working on it for like a week or whatever. Right. Nice. Um, so don't skimp on that. The other thing not to skimp on for lower budget things is, is music because that's where like, I would say music and sound, but I'll, I'll explain yeah. the sound in a second music though. What you notice when you're watching something that's low budget is that you notice all, unless it makes sense, there's just synthesizers, soundtrack bullshit, sort of like, you know, yeah. these shitty, Woodwinds and violins that are clearly off a keyboard, you know, you can tell, you can tell, and it really does color people's perception of your movie right away. Yes, like, um, so if you have a place that you need to spend money, make the music one of them, because invariably, if, if the composer likes the script and likes the movie, what he's conceived right there, they'll they'll make deals with you to do what they can, and they might do it almost cost which I mean Ronan Landa who did our music is amazing and I know poor guy didn't make that much money off of it but he did it for the exposure and it actually was a wise decision wise decision on his yeah. end because it did get him quite a lot of exposure real instruments make a fucking difference they add a richness to it that you would not expect yeah. for a, a film of this budget so that's the other place i spend money lastly the, the sound sound is so important for, for genre movies I would tell you we got very lucky because um, my high school friend slash college roommate from uh, USC, Jason George, came on to help us work on this thing, and like he got us like on the sound stages at Sony. This guy has done like you know the sound for Alice in Wonderland and Twenty One Jump Street, and you know all these different things. Yeah. And so he was able to come on for no money. I mean, he's gonna get money eventually when we all get paid or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but he came on and you know, we are helped work on it for like you know close to like. 18 20 days uh just to you know his time which is usually quite expensive to to help us with it and so if you go back and listen to it um with the sound stuff like and noticing the sound he does a really good job of creating like you know the sounds in the wall and different things that you hear that kind of go throughout the movie and stuff like that he did an amazing job of sort of creating that sort of um sonic land landscape if you will yeah Good. so those are the maybe uh, i got those three with four things that i had to if i had to really budget for or think about as an yeah. independent genre filmmaker i'd, I'd put that in, in anyone's ear who would listen thank uh,
2: god you saved all that money on that feminine energy yeah, you yeah. really put money where it where it yeah. was best used
3: I
0: mean, right? That's, really? That was
3: that was the win. That was the win.
0: I'm going to start a new feminine energy drink, I yeah, think.
3: that's what the money I'm is. just
0: going to call it feminine energy drink because I feel like yeah. that plays across everywhere. Anyway. I mean, you
3: can call it a lot of different things. You can brainstorm on it. I, I mean, I think a goddess is a name that would sell. Goddess is valinous. Uh, that would make nice. uh, people come and buy that
0: drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Yummy. I mean, we could go on. (laughs) Yummy. I don't know, man. What about bitch goddess? Bitch goddess, sort of edgy. The kids will. Kids will love it, and they are uh, probably our target market. Mm. Well, (laughs) (laughs) look, guys, look. Um, it's it's been great catching up. I mean, Naomi, I'd be remiss not to ask you what you're up to next. What's in the pipeline for you?
2: Well, um, you know, these are strange times, and um, the fact that there's really no production going on. I think I have something on IMDB that's, like, rumoured, but it really is just rumoured. Like, I, I read okay. the script, I said it was okay to put my name on it, but, I mean, who knows? I, I mean, we can't even go to the gym, so yeah, much less well, the set. Yeah. I voiced a video game that's going to be coming out soon for, if you have gamers that watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The New Mafia.
1: Oh, wow, um, oh, yes, yes, I've heard it. It looks very good.
2: Oh, good, good, yeah. So that that's coming up. I'm also personally working on a new one woman show. As I said, I have the one that went to Edinburgh yeah. and, um, you know, ideally I'll be able to bring this one there as well. Oh, you know, sweet.
0: If that, we, that we'll come and I will definitely yeah, come I mean, and see that. The
2: fact is right now, I mean, I've been sort of told by my own producer friends who said, you know, this, this is maybe your time. Like, you know, the fact is we can't let actors touch each other. Yeah. We need these, like, small skeleton crews, a one-woman show. Like, we're all going to be doing one-woman shows here it's for the next offer, uh, foreseeable yeah. future. So, um, you know, I would like to think that I'm, like, at the vanguard, and I'm, you know, I thought of it first, like, you know, 18 yeah. years ago. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, but in any case, I'm working on my my third uh, in the trifecta. And, um, you know, who knows, if and when we can go to set again i i would love to you know i i adapt that as a you know scripted series or whatever but in the meantime you know having to sell it to a streaming service as a one-hour comedy special ain't so bad after all like i I would also settle for that
0: yeah (laughs) oh hell yeah well, in the meantime, oh. hopefully, hopefully, cats two will come along as well.
2: We and... can only hope. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I don't know how they
3: made a Mamma Mia two, so if they could do that <laughs> shit, I think they can definitely make a Cats two. Right, yeah, I, mean, all, I don't all think all there's there's sort of way that not happen. <laughs> awesome.
2: <laughs> well, there's so many other, um, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber gems that we need <laughs> to see on screen. Oh, I mean, yeah. where's Starlight Express, the, the movie?
1: The whole world yeah. now, that.
2: I, I want to see if the trains have buttholes. That's what <laughs> I want
3: to Just talking about this is making me want to drink so badly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, honestly, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We we really appreciate it. It's been really, really nice talking to you, It's been you both. Thanks again to Alok and to... Naomi, for giving us her time. I've well, re- done. yeah, thanks. I remember why it was, is because I used to work with a lady who was called Naomi, but was Northern Irish and pronounced it yeah. a bit like she'd be like, "I'm Naomi." <laughs> Do you see that? Do you see the subtle yeah, yeah. difference? I I'm Naomi. See, yeah. You put that down. They <laughs> will fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> See, she
1: sounds a delight. subtle difference yeah, between
0: yeah. that and so that, I think that's why I've you know, yeah. so subconsciously picked that if,
1: up if I'd ever met like um Northern Irish lady like that I would have I would pronounce the word differently
0: when you meet somebody like that you just pronounce it however the fuck they want it pronounced yeah. basically to yeah. you know that's simple as that anyway look give them happy just wanted to say again on behalf of Let's Make a Horror Movie Podcast thanks so much to Alok Mishra Malevolent Films LLC yeah. and also to Naomi Grossman
1: yeah thanks guys
0: Looking forward to everything they do in future. But do if you haven't already, do go and, and watch Rent buy that movie. Yeah. Look out in future for more Laman Pod meats. Yes. <laughs> and episodes.
1: And I think our next interviews have a nice little bit of venison. Could <laughs> <Good laughs> this make a whole movie Meats?
0: Oh I Boom. see. Boom! Thanks again for listening and joining us, everybody. Hope you found that interesting and somewhat enlightening, I suppose.
1: And thanks to you,
0: Dave. Oh, well, thanks to you too, John. I was just going to say, I I know I found it enlightening. I did. So I thought it was very interesting. So if nothing else, then that happens. And on top of that, you need to rent the movie. (laughs) 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 Oh, dear. Oh, fuck.
1: Oh, someone's been watching Parkinson. <laughs> that happened.
0: Yeah, join us again in Fortnite for another episode, another scintillating episode of Laman Pod, where we will have a, another pitch. In the meantime, visit Let's Make a Horror Watch the movie we've just been talking about yeah oh rate review it and us rate review us you know five stars across the board
1: yeah apartment 1br is on amazon video
0: let's make a horror movie interview everybody
1: stay lucky oh that's
0: the that new you're trying that out yeah just
1: giving it a go